0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Mingry Nation Podcast. Welcome to it. You know, I saw a reel where Rick Rubin was like, Yeah, I don't know any any music. Um, you know, I just believe in my own tastes. And artists trust me for that. And um I mean I don't it doesn't really mean anything for this podcast, but I guess if you've ever had like imposter syndrome, consider that. Rick Rubin, one of the most uh popular and influential producers in music, doesn't know music. <laughs> he doesn't even know how to use the board. Uh, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> well, anyway, there you go, um, folks. It's uh, it's been a week. It certainly has. It's, uh, it's a this is a Migrant Nation podcast. I think I did say that to you already. And uh, it's a Sunday. How's it in? Uh, how's the weather over there where you where you live, Mister Greg?
1: Uh, it's nice, it's 46 degrees out, it feels like January, it's sunny, yesterday was a little rainy, a little dreary, but uh, good weather today.
0: It's 34 degrees, mostly cloudy here at MGN HQ, which is not bad because I'm fully Midwestern now, so that's like, you know, it's still like shorts weather, you I mean? If it ain't freezing yet, I still can wear shorts, I guess. Um, Alright, so the week, if you might recall, it started on Monday, but that... Given the schedule, right in Conference USA, it's a Thursday, Saturday usually, except last week where it was there was a Wednesday game, right? It was Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, so it was a little bit more regular, and uh, so North Texas lost to Florida Atlantic. We we talked about that game last week, um, and then we had FIU coming out. We we're a little bit more confident in that FIU game and the Rice game, right? North Texas up to that point had won, well, th- the series record was either twenty-two and eight according to or twenty three and eight. Twenty three and nine according to North Texas. Twenty two and eight according to Rice. Um and I asked um, you know the various SIDs, like who's right and they're like, Well we are, you know. Um <laughs> <laughs> so um that changed. Obviously North Texas loses to Rice, giving up seventy two points, seventy two to sixty at home. And I think you either and you tell me Greg which one which bucket you fall into Either like, well, that's Conference USA. Conference USA is a good, good league and you got to be ready to play every night. Or was that uh, a slip up on, you know, the home team, the the favorites part?
1: Uh, I would say it's like <clears throat> probably more a slip up on the home team's part. I think it was a matchup, a matchup issue, right? Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. I'd, we can't, we can't beat the Owls, man. We can't match up with these teams that are named the Owls. And, and so I'll, I'll go with your second. I, I think it was more of a slip-up on the home team.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, so North Texas comes out in a game right and they and they're whooping. what was it like a thir- two, 13 2 runs or something like that right i think it was yeah
1: a 13 to 2 run my daughter comes into the game comes into the living room loves Tyler Perry she says we're up 13 to 2 all right the mean green of one and i'm like every time you do it every time you do it
0: uh yeah <laughs> don't let her in the, don't let her watch the game anymore um uh so like you know then there, the, i say there's two, two 13 2 runs they won on their own uh, the Rice Owls did, and sort of close the gap. It was like thirty-one twenty-eight from to my eyes, right? You know, like just the, the quick indicators as you're watching a game. It's like, are we shooting the three well? That's usually an indicator that we're getting the shots we want. Um, we were right. North Texas was was doing so. Um, and I think at half it was kind of like, well, North Texas shooting the ball well from three. Rice is scoring. Surely they'll settle that down, and you know, like uh, North Texas will figure them out. And stop them getting to the rim and this, that, and the other. And yeah, sort of. Then it about like uh midway through the, the second period, um it was really like the yeah, like the late was it, five, six minutes game. That's really been the crucial area, right? Against FAU, North Texas fell apart at that point at home. Uh against other teams, North Texas turned it on, against FIU they did, right? At this point it was a eleven oh run by Rice and I mean, it was any way you want it, right? Bad shot, rebound, get a run out, um, turnover, rebound. Uh, just sp- yeah, sprint out, get a run out. Um, just a lot of that kind of stuff. Where North Texas looked like they didn't know what offense was, and Rice was getting layups. Um, I made a point, and I don't know how solid this is. I I was kind of like trying to figure this out, and you tell me whether it holds water. Uh, I looked at our top two two point getters, right? Because I know you were making this point. We're not scoring at the rim, we're, and then Rice is at funneling us inside. So I looked a little bit more at that, and I was like, you know, what are they seeing? I think, you know, like that that's giving them this, this game plan. Well, uh, our leading uh, two-point getter is Abu Usman, as you might imagine. Uh, our second leading two-point getter is not Tyler Perry; it's Kai Huntsberry.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know that's not bad either, right? Because uh, you look back. I looked back last year; it was uh, Usman and um, uh, Thomas Bell, and then the year before. It was uh, Zach Simmons, and it was Javion Hamlin. And actually, Javion Hamlin was our number one. Zach Simmons was our number two. (laughs) Uh, And so, like, I think you need, you know, like you said, like analytics is not just three-pointers. It's three-pointers and high-percentage twos. Uh, Right. Yeah, so a step inside the line is a bad two-point shot. A layup is a great two-point shot, right? It's about where you're making it. So North Texas is shooting roughly 42% from twos, so like, by our top two-point getters. Like, Usman, who pretty much only shoots, you know, in the paint, and our n- next two-point getter, which is like, you know, he tries to get layups, but also may pull up for two. Whatever. Like you said, we, we've we've shown that to be successful in the past. Overall, uh, what was it like? I think it was like 60%, because Zach Simmons shot like 65% in, in, in from two, but plus 50, plus 50, 42% this year. And I, I think... That's kind of that little, like, hey, this is a stat that tells us a little bit about this team this year. Now, all that was leading up to, to the UAB game. North Texas loses to UAB, uh, to, to Rice, goes to UAB, big win, 63-52 win. Uh, it's it's big in that UAB is good, right? And like, But it's also sort of inevitable because apparently in this series, the road team always wins. It was a foregone conclusion. We could have not even watched the game. We just turned it off. You know what I mean? Uh, what's up with that?
1: I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's up with that. I mean, the hot take that, that I have that I think other people have too, even if Jelly Walker plays in that game, I still think North Texas would have won.
0: Yeah, it was uh, like North Texas shut down. Uh, I think they were, they made a good point of this on the broadcast. Uh, Ladarius Brewer um, and Ty Brewer averaged about 15 points a game. They had zero combined in this one. And they didn't really shoot, right? They didn't get – their offense wasn't flowing because they only had – they were 0 for 3 combined. Uh, K.J. Buffin for two, um, yeah.
1: Aaron Scott did it. He didn't play a lot the first half, but when he played on Buffin, he did a great job on him.
0: Yeah, he Absolutely. stripped him like a, a couple times. It was uh, like UAB led six two in the first half, and then after that, North Texas just took over and completely dominated this game.
1: Yeah, um, I th- what stood out a lot about that game was how North Texas shut off the driving lanes, like guys like the UAB has the Eric Gaines is probably the most athletic guard in the conference and North Texas really doesn't have somebody that could guard him. But what they did was they sagged off of him just a tad, shut down the driving lane, forced him to pull up for a two. And the difference between the UAB guards that were playing versus the rice guards Mm -hmm. are the, I would say the, uh, the patience, Right the Rice guards have the fundamental patience to not take a bad shot. They're going to get a good shot at the rim and they're going to work. They're going to wait till they get it. Whereas UAB was, let's go fast. Let's take whatever is available. And a lot of times it was a jump shot. And this North Texas defense, what do they like to see? They like to see people take jump shots. And so yes, yes. Jemison played really well for UAB and he was their best and most consistent player. And they took him out for way too long, in my opinion, that game, but still, I was impressed with how North Texas rebounded um from the Rice game and and didn't allow UAB to get to the rim.
0: Yeah, um I, I think, you know, like Eric Gaines is good, but he's not he's not scoring at the level that uh was it Quincy Olivari is, right? Like Eric Gaines, right. yeah, Eric Gaines gets 15, you know, points a game, but a lot of that is off of Jelly Walker. He gets some points because teams are focused on Jelly walker and the last couple games he had to play he hadn't really played that well i mean you know his offensive rating is down he's getting like 15 points but some of those are just not they're not really doing too much right when walker was in the game well in on the squad eric gaines offensive rating is like you know 100 plus uh he's like 141 against utsa it's a lot better right he's playing better uh olivari out there and i mean he is their offense right he's their scoring offense um for rice and and i think you can see that he he controlled the game i thought like you said about patience right there's that difference between i'm the guy that just scores and then i'm the guy who controls the game right like you know what I mean like like a lebron James yeah. will score but he'll also control the game um like Luka Doncic, that kind of way and then there's other guys who are like well just give me the ball i'm just gonna fire it up i'm me score i score you know
1: so I mean yes the, the the two teams that we lost to in conference Rice and FAU again both owls but they both played <laughs> similar type of games against us like Golden for FAU is a very skilled big man they like yeah. to put him in the high post and play off of him and Rice did the same thing with Fielder Fielder is better than Golden at mm-hmm. at um, at uh, FAU. And, you know, we played that drop coverage off of them. You know, you had Usman sitting back, and he was trying to really defend those guards coming off their, their back screens, their quick actions, back cuts to the basket, and he was trying to take away the passes from Fielder. But, I mean, Fielder himself, he had, in that game, he had 18 points yeah, um, and four assists. And so I felt like North Texas probably, in the, in the next time they play them, have to change up their coverage. Last year, Fielder against us, we played him three times. Not one time did he have double digits. And I think a lot of that was probably Thomas Bell guarding him instead of Usman. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you put somebody like, uh, let's say, maybe Aaron Scott on Fielder, like he can defend closer to Fielder, shut down some of the passing lanes. But if one of those guards cuts off of him and they're setting a screen, I think he can recover quicker than Usman can. And there was times when Usman played – the passing lanes very well in that game. It just wasn't consistent enough. And like you said, Olivari controlled the game. Fielder controlled the game. Same thing with Evie. We, we had, you had Tyler Perry and and Huntsbury trying to guard Evie and Olivari, and they were just being run ragged all over the floor. Yeah. Like that, they had no answer.
0: If, if you remember, like, so just a game where Rice, I think they didn't have Olivari in this one either. Um, I'm trying to find a, a game they had Olivari, which is like January 1 of, 2022, 20, um, like when he played, he only had eight points in that game. Uh, but to your point, right, Thomas Bell, I think he had he had a block, uh, three assists, and then like nine rebounds. I think he was basically tasked on shutting him down. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of looking through, the 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 last time we played. Look, credit to Rice, because I think that they were like, you know what, we're not gonna get our behinds beat again, because yeah. last. Three in a row, they whooped us. It was not even like, ah, oh, it was a one-point game. It was a, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> we got to <a> switch <laughs> and, and whooped them down. So, I mean, you know, they, I think they were ready for it. And and North Texas, having lost to FAU, was probably looking a little bit to UAB. And I think they came out ready to play. Um, there's a lot of indications of that. And I mean, if you talk to them, they're not going to be like, yeah, we, we just did take it seriously. We didn't care. But, you know, it happens. It's college. It's it's humanity out there, right? Uh, you, the first one of y'all that are listening right here that have uh, given one hundred percent to everything you do, you know, we'll talk to your managers too. Uh, give me a show too. Let me
1: see. You show up you, to work you,
0: ready to go every day, every day.
1: You you hit on it earlier, like you know, throughout the season we're shooting forty two percent from two, and the game against Rice we were thirty eight percent. Kai was three of ten, and then the other big stat that stood out to me was. Thirteen turnovers versus nine assists. Yeah, I just I, th- that was a game. It was it was turnovers. You can't guard their guards, and you know we were getting good shots at the rim, and they just weren't making them.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. I think uh, you talked about uh, uh, Sissoko right getting a dunk in that game. Um, that was just two points. Uh, he had eight minutes, and I thought his eight minutes were really good minutes. You know what I mean? Like, he got a steal. He got an assist, a rebound, and a dunk in eight minutes. That that looks like, if you all remember, Abu Usman minutes, when he would get like four or five minutes against, you know, a good. And, you know, Sissoko got this against Jemison. He's got it against a good squad. You know what I mean? It's not like uh, against D2, yeah. whoever, where you can just walk over and dunk on somebody. You know, he got a good no. dunk. He got some good minutes.
1: It- and you kind of had the feeling going into this game, like you were going to have to probably play Sisoku some because yeah. of the lineup that UAB had. You know, they had Jemison, but then their second big um, Davis was 6'9, 265, and was an absolute score. And then you still had Buffin and you had Brewer. And, you know, they, they just had a really physical front line that you felt like our guys are, somebody's going to get in foul trouble, probably two of them. And it was, you know, Scott Martinez both got in foul trouble. So, hey, we got to play Sisoku. Um, but again, I know people want to see him get minutes, but he can't get minutes against everybody. Like you can't play Sissoko against race and you can't play Sissoko against FAU because he's just—I don't think he's skilled enough defensively to handle those type of offensive schemes. Yeah. But against a team like UAB, maybe even um, a, a team like UTEP, you can play Sosoko against them, and, and they should. Like he looked like he wasn't uncomfortable in the offense. The one time when he took the the, um, the little baby hook, he, he did look like he forced that a little bit. But, I mean, what stood out was, yes, the dunk. Like, uh, you know, absolutely, we finally got a big man to throw it down with some authority in the lane. Like, yes, I love that. But but the pass that you, you mentioned, like they had the little drop pass to him, kicked out to the corner for the three. Like, those are things that you don't imagine a big man being able to do that hasn't played a lot. Like yeah. So, for him to do that, that that kind of stood out to me.
0: Yeah, so, good minutes by him. I, and, you know, to test my little theory out, uh, Kai Hansberry was 3 of 8 from 2, which is not 50%. Abu Usman, 6 of 11 from 2. Combined, that's what, 9 of 19, which is just under 50%. And so, I don't know that the magic number is 50%, but I think it's more like, can you score inside, right? Like, by your top two two-point getters, are you scoring... Inside and some of that is, um, you know, because I think against FIU, I think some people were like, "Oh, we're not able to hit some of these layups." I think some of that is was going a little out of control. Credit FIU for like force playing such good defense on you that you're like, "Well, I have a lane, but I have to take full advantage of it," and so I'm going faster than I want, and so then you know I'm a little bit out of control attacking the rim. So I'm yeah, it's a layup, but it's it's not really a comfortable layup. There's differences in these things, right? You're Getting sped up. Um,
1: I mean, yeah, North, North Texas it, shot forty nine percent from two yesterday against UAB. So, yeah, yeah it's
0: just I'll take that. I'll take that every time because for the most part, everybody's getting good shots. Um, like, like not long twos. Not nobody does it like a fadeaway two pointer from the from the short corner or something like that. A lot of these shots are attacking the rim. I'd like them to take a few more twos, uh, maybe a couple more threes or get into the lane and, and do something, a little float or something. Uh, but for the most part, all these shoes are, these twos are good, and you're shooting 50% on, uh, on those, I think you can be happy with it.
1: Yeah, what I was thinking like the other night, like specifically about Huntsbury, because he's, he's probably the best at getting to the rim. Yes. Is that he needs to be living at the free throw line mm-hmm. and he needs to be, you know, hitting those spot up threes. And and then every once in a while, and we can get into this later is, you know, at the end of the shot clock, I'm okay with the, the pull-up jumper. Like I, I, I mean, you know, we, we didn't really have a guy like that last year that had a mid range game. The last person that we, we probably had a mid range game was James Reese. And it wasn't necessarily like he was taking people off the bounce and hitting a pull-up jumper. It was, you know, he was coming off the screen around the, The free throw line, and he was hitting that shot. So again, I'm okay with him taking that in certain situations, but like I, our guards do not do a good enough job of getting fouled once they get to the rim. Like they try to avoid contact, it seems Mm -hmm. like, and I I just wish that Huntsbury like live at the free throw line, find a way to get fouled when you get to the rim instead of trying to make a miraculous shot sometimes.
0: Yeah, he went four of six from the line, and I think at least two of them were late when they were kind of fouling and trying to come back. Uh, yeah. But I think that's a good point is <laughs> that I think Huntsbury has the, the ability to, you know, he, said he's, he can get to the rim under a little bit more control than like a, a, a Tyler Perry, right? Tyler Perry, given his game, his stature, the whole thing, he is about avoiding, you know, people. So, and then he gets into the lane. A lot of that is like trying to get a shot off uh, because everybody, you know, is longer than him. Uh, Kai has, what, about four or five inches on him?
1: Yeah, he's like 6'3". He's a big body. I mean, he's got like a JV on body.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's the deal is that, like, you you know, um, get into the lane, get a foul, give him a Hezzy, give him a pump fake, give him a De- DeMar DeRozan, give him a couple of those. <laughs> Something to get, you know, like, I think that that's where you make up for not having a, a, a high-flying big man, a dunker, dude that you're just going to just catch and, catch and dunk all the time. And... You know, I I think North Texas is still in a good spot, right? I think it, what are the concerns? And right? whenever when we're losing and everybody's freaking out, it's uh, our offense sucks. And to be fair, uh, there was a four minute stretch where like neither of these teams scored. <laughs> it was like mm-hmm. Tyler Perry hit a three, made it fifty nine forty six, I think. And then from that point on, UAB scored four points in like the ugliest way possible to the end of the game.
1: it it just I had tweeted out and it was like you have to break that game up into two segments the first 34 versus the last six because the first 34 man everything that North Texas did was exactly what we want them to be like how they ran their offense how they played defense everybody that was a role player was in on it I mean Edie, the most movement I've seen from him all year he was a you know he wasn't scoring a lot of points but he did score seven but he was impacting the game Uzman he was the guy that we needed him to have. Reuben, you know, he didn't have a great offensive rating, but I, I thought he played under control. Uh, Huntsbury was good, you know. TP didn't have to do a lot. Sissoko, you know, playing well, and Scott was out with the, with the foul trouble. But then you get in the last six minutes, and you know, it was like the the shot clock violations. Okay, look, if if I'm McCaslin and I see my team has gotten back-to-back shot clock violations. I'm going to call timeout before that third one happens, and I'm going to draw something up and say, this is what we're going to do. Because, like, they, they were just I – I have no idea. I I, I just don't understand. You, you're getting so late into the shot clock, and then they're just hoisting up crap. Like, Grant, it's okay. It's okay <laughs> to just call a timeout, get in isolation for Huntsbury or Perry on one side of the floor, and then let them go. Or, or, or do something. Like, that, the last six minutes was – like it, it put a stain on the, the game and not, I hate to say that, but it just, I hate the way that it ended for, for how well that they played at the beginning.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like uh, just from a coach's perspective, right? You're thinking about, sorry, hold on. I see Eric Morris tweeted two check marks. He must've got two good, good guys. Look at that live and breaking news on this podcast. You're listen to later. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so like, all right, I think all those things are important, right? You know, and you're a coach; you're looking at these things. You're like, "This is a bad play." We're gonna talk about it because we want it. We don't want it to carry over. But then there's some aspect of it where you want to reward them. Like, it was a tough win; it was a tough week. Good, good stuff, you know. What? Like, how much do you praise? How much do you criticize? Um, and I don't know. I, I think you know. Like so. So I think it's good. We'll point to the head coaches. Like, one, you know, uh, sixteen and five, seven and three. You know, three conference championships over the last whatever. And, yeah, I mean, look, but he, yeah,
1: he, he got them to bounce back after, <laughs> yeah, after the rice loss. So sorry, sorry.
0: Go ahead. Uh, no, I mean, uh, what, what I'm saying is like, yeah, I realize the 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 folly, maybe. Like you credit, we're criticizing that. Uh, but the thing is, like, yeah, we can see it. You're in it. We can see that. You know, that sometimes that offense looks a little funky, and I wouldn't hate if they, like you said. Hey, on this one, let's go early. Let's get a shot early in the shot clock, you know, just to break it up, just to break it up every once in a while because the other team is like, we know we don't have to start defending until 10 seconds because that's when action starts. Um, I think this offense looks a lot more static than it did um, last year and in the year before where there's a lot more passing, a lot more getting into like, you know, like uh, just continuity stuff, stuff you just run just to get guys moving and touching the ball. And then it would end up with Tyler Perry. And I'm sure there's a reason. It probably was like, you know what? They are, when we do that, it's harder to get Tyler Perry the ball back when we want it. So they just get him the ball earlier so we know he has it. So we're not having to, like, oh, you know what? They forced um, they forced Tyree Eady to go one-on-one when we didn't want that just because he got caught up in the wrong motion. I get that. Yeah. But,
1: but like what happens or like what I see, and, and maybe you see the same thing or don't, but at the end of the shot clock, you know, we're going with that high screen action, the high pick and roll. And what it would have teams done consistently throughout this year is they have doubled Tyler Perry yeah. off of that. So when you're doing that late in the shot clock, then you're forcing him to, you know, try and either get rid of it or force up a bad shot. Then he's going to get rid of it to, let's say, Tyree Edie, and now you're in that position, like you just said, where you have Edie late in the shot clock and he doesn't want the ball. So maybe, and I thought they did this um, pretty well yesterday, was they handled the double team quicker. Like they saw it come in, they got rid of it and moved the ball. And then the second thing was they stopped running that high pick and roll in certain times in the game and just let Huntsbury or Perry go one-on-one. And that was more effective at the end of the shot clock than – that, uh, that high screen action. That's why I said like, look, if, we, if we're getting into those situations, I'd much rather prefer that, you know, we clear out a side of the floor for Huntsbury, you know, maybe he has a smaller guard or like gains on him or like he did in the FIU game. He finally figured it out at the end. Like I got this little 5'10 guy on I me and I can take him in the post. Like if, if we did that on one side of the floor versus the top of the key, it may be beneficial, I think, at the end of the shot clock. But again, I'm not McCaslin. They got it figured out. They won, and I think that whole end of the game, the last six minutes, was like, we've been through one hell of a week. We've traveled all over the East Coast and the mm-hmm. country. Um, we, you know, we had a bad game, and we're just going to try and milk this and get through and go home and celebrate.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, <laughs>
1: yeah. Consider
0: consider that anyway, North Texas was in uh, Florida just the week prior, right? Mm-hmm. It was that Thursday Saturday. Uh, and then, they, well, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Fr- Saturday, Monday, right? So they got from Miami back to Denton, played against Rice, and then traveled quickly to uh, Birmingham, which is not a difficult trip, but you know, it's a trip. And you've flown about a little bit. You, you just kind of you know sit in a hotel room again. You just you know, I hate my suitcase after a while. You know, <laughs> so I I think that there's a lot to that, and I think UAB was just chilling, right? Like they had a
1: week off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they were. But you say chilling? They were chilling in the game. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, they had they had the little run where they forced turnovers, where North Texas couldn't get the ball inbounds, which was, again, extremely frustrating at the end. But then, like, you know, when North Texas would break their press, okay, there was no trap. It was just like Gaines was just like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to sit back here. I'm not going to put any ball pressure. So yeah, they were absolutely chilling. <laughs>
0: So I mean, that's the thing about it. I, I know somebody tweeted that uh, right before the game. And I didn't really think that it was a big deal. I think it's one of those things that you can blame, right? Like, if you get a week of rest, if you win, you're like, oh, it was that week of rest. And if you, you get a week of rest and you, and you struggle, you'd be like, oh, well, it's that week of rest. I mean, some of it's the makeup of the team. Some of it's the other team. Um, I think generally you do want to recover, uh, especially mid-season when, when a lot of times it just kind of, you know, you're getting beaten up. It sort of depends on that. But there's always a risk that you're going to lose your edge. And I think North Texas having lost and, you know, they were feeling a little bit like we've been playing a lot. Uh, I'm sure that has a lot to do with them missing shots at the rim Um, that they, you know, were ready to play. And I think that's what a lot of it was. But then it hit them in that second half of the second half where you're like, you know, we had nothing left. We're retired.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, and both these teams are very similar in that I think they need to get to Frisco, be healthy, be hungry, and be, you know, physically or mentally ready to take on the challenge. Like mentally prepared. Like there, there's, uh, you're not gonna, nobody's gonna chase down. I think FAU for the the regular season conference title. So you can kind of forget about that. You're chasing the bye, yes, but I think being healthy and hungry, and mentally ready to go once you get to Frisco, is the most important thing for both of these two teams, because even if they're playing bad going up to it, like, you know, UAB still has Jelly Walker, still has a core of people that went to the NCAA tournament last year. North Texas, you know, they've got Tyler Perry, they do have some better offensive pieces, they still have McCaslin, and so you think they're a threat in Frisco.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to play UAB um, just because, like, with a healthy, angry Jelly Walker, I think a lot of this is going to be, you know, motivating for him. You know, he's going to come out there and he's going to be crazy. I I think what he brings, because you can't guard him because he's too fast, and he has that that pull-up three-point shot that is deadly. It makes it more deadly because he's just so fast that uh, it changes the, the, the calculus of the game. And because he can make it from anywhere. And you've seen that, right? Like Middle Tennessee beat UAB. They had them beat. And Ua and and, uh, Jelly Walker said, no, you know, I'm going to do some extra. And he did the extra. And then you can tell it it punched them in the gut. The Middle Tennessee, they were like, we had a beat. (laughs) You know, they're they're down. It was over. And that's why they were crying in the locker room afterwards because they're like, we asked them to do everything. And they did it. They executed the game plan. It was completed, except it wasn't because they had a Jelly Walker. And and so I'm concerned about that because I think Tyler Perry has a little bit of that. But Tyler Perry doesn't have the same kind of athleticism that Jelly has. Um, right. You know, that, that, you know, makes it where, uh, you know, you can outrun the whole team. Tyler Perry can outrun most of the team uh, where, you know, Jelly can fly into the lane or he could jump over, you know, two people. Tyler Perry doesn't have that. And you know that's really the only difference. It's you know it's not not a knock. It's just the, the game. Yeah.
1: So like I think his injury is what they called a foot sprain. It wasn't an actual break. And and yeah. Andy Kennedy Kennedy said like, well, it's up to him when he's ready to play. You know we'll play him. So he, you know, somebody tweeted out he went through the pregame warmups, and then they mentioned on the broadcast that you know he felt something during the warming up that didn't feel right, so he didn't play. So in, in my mind, like I'm thinking two things. Like he's obviously a competitor. And he wants to get back to the NCAA tournament the other thing is like the dude has NBA aspirations mm-hmm. as well too so like we, we've seen it in football players you know we're like hey we shut they shut it down early um so like I, I don't know Andy Kennedy's a weird dude like he he does not like Grant McCaslin he doesn't respect North Texas and, <laughs> and, and how they play and you saw it like yesterday and like I, He was just, like, the entire game, whenever we play them, like, he's just, like, disgruntled. (laughs) Like, the look on his face is like, this is not basketball.
0: Well, I mean, that's also, uh, it's how he coaches. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that um, I don't necessarily see that the way you do, but it could be. It could be.
1: Yeah. So all I'm saying is like, you know, maybe well, Joly Walker, I, I do like that, right? Cuz
0: like Andy Kennedy was like a, a a starter. He scored a lot of points for UAB. Grant McCaslin was like, you know, a deep bencher, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> you know, so there there's there's a little uh it? it's a north pole, south pole kind of thing there on right? the magnet <laughs> that it's I can see the, how uh, maybe he's
1: like yeah. it's uh Rudy, Rudy versus Vince Vaughn there. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean I could see it. Like if you laid it out for me I'd be like, yo, I I can I can definitely, you know, see the pattern there. That would be kinda of funny. I, I I would like a, a little bit of a, a rivalry as we leave conference USA and go into the AAC where you you're just like you know what? He's a good man, uh he's a good basketball coach. And I don't like him. <laughs> you know, <that? laughs> I like that. That's funny. And so I, I wouldn't hate that. I, I would, I would embrace it. Please, Andy Kennedy, if you don't like Grant McCaslin, let us know. Just say it. Just say that. I don't like that guy. I don't like him. I don't like his uh, his Jordans, his green Jordans. I don't like nothing about that guy. You know, I don't like the way he comes mm-hmm. his hair. Nothing.
1: <laughs> I feel it. I feel it's true.
0: I like that he has hair, and I got to shave it off right now. You know, that's what bothers me. That's what it is. Uh, so. Here's here's the thing about UAB right now, right, that they're experiencing and, and possibly something that North Texas could experience, right? I only bring it up because I think we are all or we've heard people say this on like online whatever, people we interact with. It's like, yeah, I can't wait to North Texas get some bigger recruits, some bigger names, this kind of thing, right? UAB got Eric Gaines transfer in, they kept Jelly Walker. Uh and they also got was it the Davis kid, right, from Mississippi State, and then a couple other dudes from East Tennessee State. They got some transfers in. And they got a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah, they they got a lot of talent, and so yeah, you're like, okay, well, they're just gonna dominate, and they looked good, right? You know, winning this, that, and the other. But then, um, then they start losing, right? And then you see the way they play, where they're like sniping at each other, talking, whatever. I think some of that had to do with the disgruntledness, but they they and sure it's only one or two point uh, one possession games that they're losing but i think that's an indicator right that that's how you grind through some of these things that um you know we've seen grant macgaskell's teams when they lose a one point possession game that you know they bounce back or that they don't lose those kinds of games because they have a lot of grit you know he talks about why they do that cuz they built this culture of the program well uab doesn't have a culture of the program to really you know kind of rely on there it's a lot of new guys so I don't know. I I think that's that's always a risk. You have you want to find guys that buy in, and especially if you have a like no, we're we're a program about grit and sacrifice and doing it the hard way. Um, you know, it, it's it's real hard to do it the hard way when you're losing. So. <laughs> You know? So they,
1: they have a bunch of Andy Kennedys, and we have a bunch <laughs> of Graham McCastleons. So that's how, there it is. Like, we got a bunch of scrubs, like, at the end of the bench with a chip on their shoulder. They got a bunch of prima donnas that are, you know, leading the team in scoring. And, you know, that's why we're able to grind through a season. Yeah, there you go. I
0: mean, yeah, I mean, you know, that 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 could be it. So uh, you think about that, right, when North Texas is not necessarily tearing up in the recruiting rankings, you know, not getting any five-star dudes over here. It could be some of that. I don't know. And, and just you think about what that means. Like it has to be the right kind of guy to come into the program, willing to grind, willing to work. Everybody says they're willing to grind and willing to work. But uh, for some people, that means, yeah, I'm willing to grind to improve my shot. So I'll take 150 three-point shots and they're not willing to grind and like fight through a screen to step over a screen, right? They're, they're both, yeah. They both take a lot of work, but one is more fun. And one isn't, you know, That's really the difference.
1: This, I mean, this is a long, like, discussion. You talk about recruiting, and, and I've had some discussions with people in other places about, you know, what McCaslin has done recruiting, and you know, it, it it hasn't been the level of a Tony Benford recruit. It hasn't been the level of a Johnny Jones recruit. It's been those JUCO guys, the chips on the shoulder. You know, maybe one or two freshman recruits, not a lot of NBA potential and you know, like if, if this program under McCaslin is going to take the next step to be a, a sweet 16 contender to be an every year, you know, maybe on the bubble type of team, which I mean, it should be, that's what McCaslin, he's getting paid. Like one of the best men, major team coaches in in the country. Mm-hmm. And that's where the level should be. Like the recruiting has to to take a step up, but what is You know, what are the type of players are we looking for? Like, and and what exactly is our program? Because everybody like, you know, they they bash on us because they say it's an ugly brand of basketball. But (laughs) look, San Diego State has played an ugly ugly brand of basketball for, you know, 20 plus years, and it's built on their defense, right? So why can't we recruit maybe a better athlete? yeah And then you put like, imagine if you had, you know, five Aaron Scott type of athletes or maybe five, you know, Tony Bell type of athletes, and then you put a Tyler Perry in the middle with them. Right. So then like th- then you're talking about a team like that can overcome some of the issues that we're seeing versus more athletic teams. Yeah. Um because that's what's ultimately going to end up getting North Texas somewhere along the line is they're going to run into either a very skilled team like FAU or you know Rice or they're going to run into somebody that just is way more, has way more athleticism than them. So like for me, it's like, I I wish they would embrace that Cincinnati back in the day or that, you know, San Diego state mentality. Like, let's just go get a bunch of like just dudes. And then let me go find a Juco guy that can score 30 points. (laughs) And then let's, let's win that way. I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, I I think there are are a lot of ways to, to achieve the same thing. And I think that's one thing I like about college. Um, you you know, versus like the NBA. Yeah, I'm not one of these guys that like the NBA sucks. I think it's just different things. Like in the NBA everybody has a salary cap. They're all professionals. And so your challenge is a little bit different, right? Like it's at the elite level. You know like here's a guy uh, you know, that is a pro, but he's definitely not as good as, you know, uh uh what's his name? Um Kevin Durant. How do I guard this guy, right? And Kevin Durant's smart. You know, it's, it's just a different level. You're just at the highest level and it's trying to solve highest level basketball problems. What I like about college basketball is that it's here's this guy's nowhere near a Kevin Durant. I have nothing like that. So we can't do any of that stuff. Uh, how do I win basketball games, right? Like it's a, just a different challenge, and like you said, and then I'm you, your recruiting level's different. They have a plane, we have a beaten up car. You know what I mean? <laughs> or I have a bus pass, and that guy, you know, has a helicopter. <laughs> it like you know what I mean? All of that stuff is it's challenging. That's where you get, excuse me. I think that's where you get uh, creative solutions to some problems, right? It's where you have, uh, you know, like the the Pete Carril system, where they're like, we're gonna, we're gonna do this, or you have coaches that say, let me implement this style because people going everybody's gonna leave me alone and let me tinker and, and uh, I'm gonna you know uh, enhance the no middle defense. I'm gonna you know do a five out. I'm gonna do a variation on this that has some of the Princeton offense principles. Uh, I'm gonna use some of this pistol uh, action, but in this kind of formation that nobody's ever seen before. Just little things like that. It's it's fun and creative, and that's what makes college basketball
1: amazing yeah i i I mean like look again people hate on our style and they say like it's it's bad offense and like why would you ever want to go there but it's an equal opportunity offense if you can score mccaslin is going to let you score he's not going to he's not going to say no you can't take that shot like no (laughs) he's not going to do that if you can make the shot you can take the shot look at tyree edie like the dude you know was a 40 percent plus three-point shooter and North Dakota state. He struggled here at UNC, but he still is allowed to take shots and he's taking early shots. Like, whereas you would think like McCaslin would shut it down when he's shooting, you know, 25%. No son, shoot your shot. Same thing with like Ruben. Like, you know, he's shooting 19, 20% in conference play, but they don't stop him from shooting. So like the, the one thing I think you're expected to do if you come to North Texas is put in the effort, right? You're going to play defense you're going to be a part of our culture. You're going to buy into what we're saying. And look, if you can score, dude, go score. Like, I'm not going to stop you. So yeah. I, I don't understand why we can't get maybe a little bit better players sometimes, right? There's – and and look, McCaslin, they'll figure it out. They've, they've won, and I'm in the same boat with you. I think in college basketball, it's fascinating how you build your roster because there's so many – different ways. There's Kentucky's way, there's Texas way of transfers, but then you look at the mid-major programs like Charleston and FAU and, and there's Charleston, a bunch of nobodies that that nobody wanted them and they're ranked right. Nation's longest winning streak. And there's FAU where, you know, they've gotten a few transfers, but they have a lot of pieces that have been there for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, you can do it a lot of different ways. And and that's, like you said, what makes college basketball fun.
0: Yeah, and you look like a Pete Golding. It's kind of funny that he took a squad that was not his squad. It was a Rodney Terry squad. And then he turned them into a really good de- defensive team. And then they made a little noise, and they, they sort of, you know, scared some people in the conference tournament. And then everybody left, right? Suley Boom went to Xavier. And then now he's like, all right, I got to start all over. And then, you know, he it, now they're, they're – he's sort of rebuilding the program twice. Uh, and it they're still dangerous. They they didn't really do too much against FAU last night, but uh, you know uh, you can see how where where they'll be dangerous once they start to gel because it's a little bit like the Middle Tennessee squad where they were just losing and then all of a sudden now they're dangerous, right? Because they, they like yeah. something I mean, clicked. They got the right talent in, and oof. then you know
1: Middle Tennessee is a team that you know they're I think they're probably the third best team in our conference. I, I think we're pretty close. We're pretty even. With, with middle Tennessee. Like I, I, you could you could make the argument for them being two versus us being two. And then you have rice kind of right there on both these teams, but yeah, middle Tennessee um, Thursday night, they get to play FAU. And I think that's going to be, that'll be their, their first time I think playing them. And that'll be a good game. Cause I think middle Tennessee has enough athleticism to make FAU feel uncomfortable and they can guard them too.
0: Yeah, I mean, to to the, it was just a couple points, right? Like, I think, yeah, middle, if they had a Tyler Perry, they'd be the number one team in the league. Uh, They don't really have a guy that you can say, go give me some points um, or make something happen, right? Like, hey, we're in a tough spot. The offense is not working or they sorted it out. And, like, in the conference tournament last year, that was, like, Dishman, you know? They would just throw the ball into him and he would just go get some buckets or get to a foul line. But... Cam Weston has kind of dropped off a little bit. Like you know, I think last year he was a lot better. Um, I'm just taking a look at it. I think he's. I'm just. Yeah. The
1: best player I think offensively has been Lawrence. That Eli Lawrence kid. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, and then you know, I think that's that's been a transition away from like he was good, but I don't think he had as much to do it was really cam weston last year It was like go get a point uh, and i know they, they had uh, a couple other dudes that they they lost it, it was it uh jordan jeff josh jefferson or something anyway my my point is that that they lost some of their uh go get me some points guys and i think that's really the difference between them and north texas i think you're right the defensive intensity and the way they play that way they are very good and so then you look at fau fau was beat <laughs> through 75 minutes against North Texas, right? It's that last bit where they, they stepped it up and they, they took it away. And, you know, maybe that, what, I don't know what that means, but I think you're right. If, if FAU had a hard time scoring against our defense, I think they're going to have a hard time scoring against a middle defense. And, you know, they could, they could change the game a little bit. I think I'm kind of rooting for FAU to to uh, to run, run the, the table and to play North Texas in the championship game and then get beat by 55 by NorteX. That's, that's what <laughs> I want to happen. <laughs>
1: Fifty-five. You, yeah. With him, with it, that, that would be a game with like fourteen kill shots in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just, don't know. You see that stat that uh, Evan Maya? Like he's got all kinds of different things on his website. He tracked the kill shots, yeah. which is basically like the ten-zero runs during a game that either you put out or you allow. And North yeah. Texas is last right year, up there.
0: Last year was Net NorteX was very good at getting. runs, and then very good at stopping 10-0 runs. Uh, I remember that tweet from him last year. And then this year, yeah, yeah, we're just very streaky. Which, I mean, I I think a good stat will tell you what you already kind of know. It's not really surprising, or it kind of helps you understand what you're seeing. That's, that if you know, if you said that, and then you watched a bunch of North Texas basketball, you're like, yeah, I see it. I see what's happening. It feels that way. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's
1: not your it's not your normal kill shot. Like it's not like a, a UAB throwing a bunch of like haymakers and threes in like ten seconds, right? It's like a ten oh run over a five minute period. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, so I know you said that you would tweet that earlier. You're like, this is like a classic North Texas basketball. It's uh, five minutes ago and you you know, you're down two and then you look up, you know, a couple minutes later and you're like, How are we down ten? They hadn't really scored, you know, it just it's a slow they just get stopped, stop and then a bucket and then a bucket and then one of those buckets is like a Tyler Perry you know fade away three off the backboard and you're like wait that made it 11 points what happened like how do we <laughs> that that that's that's the North Texas way um, so, but then you look and you look at the rice game 13 to 2 run and then they allowed a 13 to run that's the you gave it away you need North Texas there's a lot of ways to stop that kind of thing is it get to a foul line more is it changing to this change into that I don't know, and it's you know you got highly paid coaches to to figure that out, but I'd like to see something around. There's still enough time to solve that, or to to address it a little bit. But I think you know North Texas is already going to be. This is what they are, right? This it's about refining what they have already.
1: I think once they get to Frisco, they need to just allow the other team to make a 10-0 run to start the game and so that way it's already out of the system so then by the time we get to the last six minutes it's our turn to make the run like <laughs> like can we can we flip that thing to where the other team is scoring a lot at the beginning and then we're doing the scoring at the end and closing out the game like mm. i don't
0: know you know what i think i like having the, the lead later in the game even though it's like oh they're gonna tie the game i i get that but i don't want to have to come back like oh the that leads been five points for like ten minutes. We got to get back. That's stressful. Uh, by the way, FAU, UAB, North Texas are your top three conference-only offense efficiency leaders. Um, in case you're wondering about that, UTEP, FAU, Middle, then North Texas are the defense leaders. Uh, they're all tightly packed there. Like UTEP leads with 92.3, FAU 94.2, Middle 96.4, and then North Texas 98.3. And then there's a big gap between North Texas and, F- and, and uh, Louisiana Tech, which is 1027. Like, Louisiana Tech yeah. looks terrible.
1: Oh, yeah. I know that was the thing. Like, i, I their, their offense is just, just crap. I mean, we allowed them to get back in the game, but I, I have no – I don't know. I, I'm like Andy Kennedy to them. I don't respect their <laughs> offense. I don't respect what they're doing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I thought under Conkle they were a very good defensive team and they always had some clever offense and they were pretty efficient. I mean, some of that was, you know, they had a really good score, a really good player, Junior Lofton. But now they don't have that and you're like, what is this team? I- I'm not really concerned about Louisiana Tech. Uh, I mean, do you have to the prepare the for them th- and all the other stuff? Yes, but I-, I don't think that they're that good.
1: The only reason it concerns us, Again, is, is how the is how the game ended up last time, right? They they got to the free throw line a ton. Yeah. We put people on the free throw line a ton, mm-hmm. so that's your that's your concern there. Like if, if you can stay out of foul trouble, you should beat them by a lot. But then again, we tend to foul more jump shooters yeah. than anybody else in the country.
0: All right, let's talk. Uh, you got the last ten minutes. We have I'll give you the two week schedule. Right? It's uh, let me make sure I am looking at. Yeah, we am looking at our guys. It's UTSA, UTEP, Rice, and UAB. Again, but everything's flipped. Uh, Here's what I don't like. I don't like playing UTEP after UTSA because UTSA does not play defense. UTEP only plays defense, right? (laughs) So uh, it's going to be a shock that Thursday, Saturday, you're going to go against the team that is going to let you score whatever and you're going to like, oh, this is it. Nobody's guarding me. I got all day. I could do an extra dribble. I can, you know, flip the ball like the LeBron James at the time. Look at the ball, flip it, and make sure <laughs> that you have your fingers on the seams. They don't play defense. And then you're going to go play UTEP, which is just all legs and arms and just in your face and then, you know, get inside your jersey with you. And you're like, what is this? You know, that that's it, that's not fun. And I think that, that little contrast uh, could really affect things, right? There you
1: go. I, I would agree with you. I mean, I'm going to take the over or the under on the UTEP game. Like <laughs> yeah. it, I know Ken Palm has that, you know, 11 point difference for North Texas, 61 to 50. The first team to 40 may be the team that went Like I, I mean, this could be a Louisiana tech type of game. Yeah. Um, FAU early in the season, the 50 to 46 type of loss. That just, uh, yes, UTEP is really good. Defensively, but they are just terrible offensively. I mean, they are bad. One of the worst in the country, bad. So yeah, I mean that shock could could hurt North Texas, but I mean Yeah, they, but they... after after the UTSA game, every game from there on out is a losable game, right? Because you could see them losing at home to UTEP for the reasons that you just said. You know, we we struggled with rice, we gotta play rice again. We always you know the UAB game we've already mentioned before. The the road team always seems to win that game. Then you got Charlotte, who's playing very well. That has a style maybe not as good as Rice or FAU, but it's similar, so maybe it gives us trouble. Then you got Louisiana Tech, and that's a crapshoot. If the referees love them, that game. <laughs> then you got UTEP again. Then you got then you go to Charlotte, and then you finish with Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky. So, and both of those teams can play above. Like we highlighted Middle Tennessee enough. Well, Western Kentucky is a team like it's it's very much like us, streaky Jekyll Hyde. So every game after UTSA is extremely tough.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I have I have no disagreements there. That I think that Rice one is you know, it's one you you want to get get you want to do some get back. Um, but UAB at home and that's gonna be I think Jelly Walker's gonna be back for that one and. Charlotte, you know, like you said, they're deliberate also. They're 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 very deliberate. They have the, you know, blocker mover kind of thing and they, they like to play defense and they like to they have the Khalifa guy who was a little bit like Fiedler. Uh he's not as mobile, but you know, he's good. Um play him twice. And then remember we're down with eighteen points to, to middle and then uh and then it took a an eighteen point lead against Western to beat Western, right? To start off strong and then Western came all the way back. So this will be fun. Winning through, going going perfect against this um, this uh, uh, slate here would be very impressive. You know.
1: Yeah, I, I think they'll probably lose like two more times at least. I could see that. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think just off the top of my head, I think the I think one of the Western or Middle games uh, into March, or you know, end of the season, beginning of March is one of them, and I think. I think maybe the UAB game at home. Yeah. That's that's what I'm thinking. But there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Um, North Texas is in a good spot. What, what we're looking for, again, is improvement, uh, figuring out who your guys are in the tournament, right? Who can we rely on? Who's going to come up big when it matters, right? When it's When it's ugly basketball time and nothing's going your way, who's not going to shy away from the moment? And I think, you know, like, what does that what does that look like, Adam? Well, go find your your VHS copy because I'm sure you recorded it on VHS of uh, was it the the Western versus North Texas um, uh, conference championship game, um, and watch how they did it because you know it's overtime. North Texas had played what three four straight games, you know what I mean? Three four straight days, and nobody was afraid. No, you look at the faces; they're just like it's it's time to play basketball. Do what we do. That is what you want. That's the, the 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 ideal North Texas basketball squad. Go win a championship even when it doesn't, it's not easy, right? And I think that's what you're looking for. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're done here. I think just about. Oh, you know what? I do have an answer for your question. So I, I tweeted to you. Um, I found those the sliders for NCAA 14 on Operation Sports. And that, that's what I did. I actually recorded that first because the whole idea was it was a pandemic. We didn't know what was going to happen. So I was like, I'll just do this silly series, like a hard knocks one. And I started messing around with it. And I kind of got down a few rabbit holes. And um, and then, like, you know, stuff started happening. So that I, I think I had a kid. So um, I didn't really <laughs> follow through with it. And then it's not like anybody was watching it anyway. I didn't really think it was going to be that entertaining. Some of it was just fun for myself. But I did record week one. I was looking at it yesterday. It was like from December twenty twenty one, where I went through week one and I beat Idaho with Derek Thompson. So maybe I'll revive that series if anybody cares about it uh, during this summer. Uh, just go
1: get the new. People have the new rosters on Operation Sports too. So just do that. I mean, well, see if uh, see uh, if so, you can win with Austin on throwing picks. <laughs> I don't know. If that,
0: is that different? But uh, um. I, I, so here's what, what my point is that uh i've been playing this this dynasty the other one for a long time right like i think since that 2021 one i've won four more championships games just pat myself on the back
1: <laughs> uh,
0: yeah um and uh so i i never start out the new season i just keep playing the old one right by now it's you know it's a different league I'm i'm just a different guy so i was gonna start off with that one maybe i'll do the the new rosters or something like that but I don't really want to deal with downloading them or finding them or anything like that. So I was like... Oh,
1: so lazy. You didn't even do, like... I, I lost the CD. And so, like, I I wanted to do the college football revamped version. Like, yeah. you know, mod out the PS3. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't able to. But I, I was able to mod out the PS3 to where I could download the uh, NCAA 14 and, and play like the demo version, but play it like the full. Yeah. So uh, I yeah. was very, I was proud of myself that weekend. <laughs> it, it took me like two hours to do it, but I'm like, look at me go. I'm like, I'm, I'm jailbreaking my PS3 folks.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, I think what, what that, that does sound fun. And I would, I remember like from my guess, what NCAA 06 to NCAA 14. I was way more into it, and I would download rosters or even try to edit them, or you know, what I mean, like I was more into it that way. But since then, I haven't been, and so you know, whatever it was that I downloaded way back when, that's just kind of what I have. Um, and you know, it's fine; it's not a big deal.
1: So they, you know, they were supposed to come out with a new NCAA this upcoming summer, and it was only going to be available on the next gen systems—the PS Five, the, mm-hmm. PS5, the yeah. Xbox S or X. So, you know, I went out, I found my PS5. I did, you know, did the email thing and PlayStation say, hey, it's your turn to buy it. So so I bought it and, um, like, I I haven't played it much at all. And my son, he's seven years old. Like, he cannot get past it. He's like, Daddy, you bought a PlayStation 5 and you don't play it. I'm like, (laughs) well, son, I really just want to play one game and the game's not out yet. But he's like, he just, it just, like, blows his mind. (laughs) I mean,
0: yeah, I I think, uh, so one, I have, you know, I have an office up here, so I'm working on, I got the PS3 up here and the PS4 and a Dreamcast in case you're wondering. Um, but uh, those are just, you know, like they were kind of the attic and whatever. And now they're here. And so I'll play those, you know, because I'm in the office. Sometimes it's like a lunch break. I'm like, you know what? Let me just get one of these NCAA games in or or uh, I'll play just a, another level of, you know, whatever, just uh, whatever the free download games on the PS Plus is uh i just get some you know at lunchtime or something like that i don't play my ps5 as much because by the time work is done it's there's not a whole lot of time for me to go down there and be like all right uh i'm gonna go play some ps5 because then they're like well dad i gotta go to practice i gotta go this i got <laughs> that i got you know what i mean I gotta make dinner or just whatever the case is and so maybe i have like an hour at the end of the day um from like 11 to, to you know midnight or something like that and then you know my so you want to watch the show real quick I got to do that. I got to put a down payment on husband time. Uh, It can't be like, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to get a little of this FIFA uh, 2024 or whatever, you know? So
1: you say you say down payment and my wife made me pay her the same amount of money that I spent on the PS five to her as well. She was like, if you're going to buy it, you better give me $600 too. (laughs) it so. been twelve
0: hundred dollars for a game you don't even play. <laughs> that's what you're I know, right?
1: That's just that's bad <laughs> economics. You're like this guy, he must be in debt. That's,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so I'm not too far out. And I was, t- I was texting my my friend. Uh, yeah, we played. Uh, we went to high school together. And um, um, yeah, he got a PS Five too, and, I, and he was like saying something similar. He was like, "I think i downloaded download uh, uh, the NBA Two K, but I haven't played it yet. <laughs> it's been like a two months." And that's just what happens, right? I, I think uh, when one of my kids was born, my wife got me the, the Uncharted. Like, it was like the last one. And I was like, oh, I've been wanting to play that one. And I didn't play it for a year and a half. And it's I know this because I brought it out. I was like, didn't you get this for my birthday? She's like, yeah. And it was still in the wrapper, you know, the whole thing. It just, yes. I, w- I wanted to play it. I just did, I had no time. There's no time to do it.
1: Adulting. Yeah,
0: that's what that is. So, yeah, that that's how they get you. When they're like, "Hey, look, your your guy needs to be leveled up. You can either grind away for experience points, or you can spend ten dollars and then level them up. That's how they get those guys. Cause it, now I'm too cheap that I'm I'm not gonna do that. But I have been tempted. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I just want to get in here and then you know pretend that I'm the best basketball player that that ever was and hit like thirty threes right now. Um, I don't want to <laughs> go do the little workout bit or whatever they have.
1: I don't want to do any of that. So I'm the type that doesn't like to check my Twitter messages before, like I hit the send button. And so I'm going to be honest. I paid for the blue check mark because now I can go back and edit the tweets. (laughs) I was like, you know what? $11. I can live with this if I can go back and edit. Like if I I tweeted out something that was good and I missed something in there, I'm like, God, I look stupid. Let me go back. (laughs) Now I can do it.
0: Look uh I think whatever enhances your life I, I can't it's hard for me to argue about that. I don't pay for the Twitter blue, uh but they try to they try to get me on it. I think the only thing is that they they're reducing the scope like your reach, so like people might not see my tweets as often anymore if I don't get the twitter blue um and you know whatever that might just be something I gotta live with uh ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the was it the after show the Migrant Nation podcast um let us know. Tweet at me. Uh, email the show, podcast, at, at me Green dot com. And uh, whether you like it, don't like it, you have improvements. I know some people are like, well, you know, your sound levels are off. Or, hey, I hate you. Um, any of those are <laughs> fine. Thanks. Sir. appreciate your feedback.
1: Um, yeah, go me Green.